folks, welcome to our Jet Centra podcast. I am sports editor Steve Lyons, and as usual, I'm joined by our sports columnist Mike McIntyre. We're in very different locations than normal today, Mike. You are often in your car, but not driving through Saskatchewan. Uh, I'm in my living room here uh, in Rockwood, that's the neighborhood of Winnipeg that I live, just over by Grand Park Mall. Uh, well, I'm just sitting in my living room watching all the leaves fall. Um, yeah. You have rides on the road, right? You're driving along the yellow night. Is that what you're doing? Well, no. So I, I guess this is yeah. This is the yellow head for now, and then uh, right. I'm gonna make a D. I better not be in yellow knife. If I'm in yellow knife, I've probably taken a wrong turn, right? Uh, depending on where you're going. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just drove through what. What the sign tells me is a wildlife corridor, and there is a lot of road. There's a lot of roadkill around here, Steve. So, um, yeah, if you hear a big thump, uh, <clears throat> that's probably not a good sign. But um, yeah, I, I enjoy multitasking. What kind of roadkill? Uh, one one looked like a big raccoon. I saw a deer a few minutes ago. Okay. Um, yeah, that was, that was a, it was a pretty big deer. I, I see some buffalo right now in the distance. Not roadkill, like live buffalo, not not dead ones. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a buffet for the eyes. Wow, uh, that's for sure. This is a total tangent. As normal, this is a total tangent. But I recall a hundred years ago uh, a story in another newspaper, and it was about roadkill, it was about this person in Winnipeg who went around the perimeter highway in Winnipeg collecting roadkill and to eat, okay, the, 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 the person to eat. And so the headline on the story was, maggots. Mm, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, sorry folks for... <laughs> I mean, it was a funny, it was a funny headline. <laughs> it really, really was. Um, I had a headline, which I think all of us worked at that time at one point. <laughs> <laughs> how many, how many M's were in the headline, Steve? Like, I think how five. long did the? Oh, five. Okay. Yeah, it was all across the front page of the house of the paper. It was, uh, ah, it was fun. Anyways, <laughs> back to our podcast here. Um, so you're driving, of course, from. The hub city of Edmonton, which is, well, I guess it's no longer the hub city, but it was up until yesterday when last night, which was Monday, September the 29th, the Tampa Bay, oh, no, it was Monday, September the 28th. Uh, I had to look at the newspaper in front of me here to find that out. The Tampa Bay Lightning captured their second Stanley Cup in franchise history, beating the Dallas Stars 2-0 last night and claiming the series in six games. Um, I watched the game. It was boring, to say the least. Um, it was, yeah. It was, I always enjoy, though, the Stanley Cup celebration. And so, um, and it was a unique one last night where the team lined up behind Gary Bettman First time in years where Gary Bettman was presenting the Stanley Cup and he didn't get booed, by the way. Or did he get, or did he get booed, Mike? No, I was, I was listening, so they didn't pipe any boos in. And that was a good. I didn't hear even a smattering, although it 
media in the whole building. And I don't know, there was maybe a dozen family members of the Dallas Stars and then the Black Aces, like the the extras for Dallas and Tampa Bay. So, yeah, I didn't hear any booing, which must have felt quite foreign to Gary Bettman, I would imagine. They showed some guy sitting in the stands, and he had his mask, of course, down below his nose. Uh, hello. But anyways, I guess there was some family there? Yeah, there was. Um, like like a smattering. Uh, there was... So you had to be Canadian, first of all, if you were American or European uh, players and family. Uh, no dice. But if you were Canadian and lived in Canada, uh, you were allowed to come for the Stanley Cup final. And so that applied... Well, there's a lot of Canadian players on both teams, but um, yeah, so there was there was a small gathering of family, but obviously nothing like you'd see in a normal situation. Uh, it, it was it was unique celebration. I mean, it was still kind of a, you know it was exciting to watch the players jump up and down and all that, and they still had yeah the joy. It's still the same joy that you would have seen any other time. Um, you know, and then the handing of the cup to Steven Stamkos and all of that. And so it was, it was, you know, it seemed like a regular celebration. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Steve, what a couple things stood out to me. One was, I mean, you could hear every word, like when the buzzer went and, you know, you could hear every F-bomb and whatever in celebration as the players poured off the bench. Normally all that would, <clears throat> would be drowned out by the roar of the crowd. There was no roar of the crowd. So it was quite something to be able to hear you know, this very personal moment and to hear a lot of the, the specific things that were being said. Uh, the thing that really jumped out to me about the celebration, though, Steve, was watching these players skate around an empty arena, foisting the cup, you know, a crowning moment in their careers, forced to play in front of no fans because of COVID. At the same time, they cut to live video inside Rogers Place of, of the scene back in Tampa Bay where <clears throat> what looked to me like thousands of people, mostly young people, mostly not wearing masks, were like crowding the streets to celebrate back in Florida. And so like you couldn't have had a more stark contrast between the reality of what, of, of what the situation was, playing without fans, and what's going on back in Florida, a COVID hotspot? I mean, to me, uh, the, the the visual imagery was very striking. Um, afterwards, they did the usual player availability and all of that. That was all by Zoom again still? It was. And uh, I don't know if you saw, there was a couple funny scenes. In fact, Steve, there's a clip making the rounds. I don't want to say it's gone viral, but it stars yours truly trying to ask a question of Ryan McDonough of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I asked him about Steven Stamkos and, you know, just the feeling for a guy like Stamkos, who their captain, their best all-around player who only played five shifts in the playoffs. As I asked him the question, <clears throat> Nikita Kucherov, who might have been half-cut at that point and who wasn't on the podium, he crashes the Zoom along with a bunch of other teammates, and all of a sudden the party is on. They never answered my question. You 
couldn't even hear anything. They're laughing. They're cheering. It just degenerated into chaos. Uh, and it was precipitated by my question that never got answered. So kind of a, a surreal and funny moment that you would never get in a non-Zoom interview. And then, uh, finally, there was the, the coaches. John Cooper was supposed to come up to the podium by himself. He ended up bringing his entire coaching staff, all of whom were smoking cigars and and drinking out of Gatorade cups that I guarantee you, Steve, did not have Gatorade in them. Okay, folks, we are back for the second period of our Jet Central podcast. I'm sports editor Steve Lyons, and I'm joined by sports columnist Mike McIntyre somewhere in a wildlife zone in Saskatchewan. Watch out for the deer, Mike. Uh, keep your eyes on the road there, buddy. So they are peeled, yes. You are, the, you are out of the bubble. The bubble has broken. The bubble is burst. The prisoners have been released. Uh, yeah, For good so, behavior, I guess. Right? I guess good so. behavior. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, you know, give me your impression. Did the players say anything um, last night? I've been reading a little bit this morning about all that they had to endure. Um, you know, they've been making, I wrote up in my playbook this morning, I wrote about uh, the hyperbola that I believe has been out there about these players, uh, not only NHL players, NBA players, Major League Baseball players complaining about being in these bubble situations, comparing it to prison. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, as we know, Mike, you would know better than me, although I have visited a prison a couple of times for not because I was in it, by the way. But, um, yeah, no, these, these guys, this whole idea that they were in prison for uh, 64 days or whatever, what, nine weeks, I guess it was, um, I, a bit of a stretch. I, I, you know, yeah. it's tough to be away from your family and all that, I get that. Um, uh, they're not the first um, people in the history of mankind to have to leave their families to go off to work. Um, and uh, these guys are paid pretty handsomely to do it. Um, yeah, yeah. They, this, was, this was not going into the battlefield in Afghanistan or Iraq. I mean, these guys were not going to war, right? No, it wasn't the trenches of the Battle of the Bulge, no, no. No, and so, I mean, I'll cut some players a little bit of slack because, you know, they get prompted. I was on all these Zooms of all these teams, and so, I mean, they're they're always getting asked, of course, and some guys, some guys say almost nothing, but certainly some of them have given answers that probably, in retrospect, are, to be frank, tone deaf. Um, by comparing it to a prison, I never got the sense, Steve, even from the guys that have said things like that, I never got the sense that 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 many of them are actually complaining. Like, nobody's saying, oh, feel sorry for us, or this, this sucks. I mean, I think they're just trying to be honest, but that being said, yeah, it's a bad analogy for sure. <clears throat> I mean, these guys were all being, even the lowest paid player is making, you know, close to a million dollars, and they're playing a game right? A game that they love, that they've grown up with. So, 
Yeah, not, not a prison at all. No, I mean, the accommodations are pretty good. It had to be in Edmonton because they had all the five-star hotels, et cetera, et cetera. So now Donaldson, now so they, that was the last game of the season. And because of this bubble situation, because of COVID, because of uh, all of it, uh, we yeah. have no real clue as to when there will be another season. And, you know, now Donald Fair said on Sunday that the players have – no desire to resume uh, play in another bubble situation, and yet I don't know. I guess there are some other possibilities. What would be the other possibilities? I mean, you, you, you've been listening. What are the other possibilities? Yeah. So the the other possibility that they're talking about is is not unlike what Major League Baseball has done. Of course, they've right. been playing empty stadiums um, and, and they've you know they, they've had travel so teams are traveling from city to city from series to series and so one thing you could see happen Steve is the NHL rather than just go play like one game in Minnesota and then you're in St. Louis and then that you would go in and play like two or three you'd go play a series so you'd stay in a city for a week and play a few games and then you'd move to the next city. But there would be no bubble. You, I mean, these guys are still flying charters. They're not flying commercial. So they have that element. And there would still be rigorous testing and protocols in place. And they'd still be playing without fans, at least to start. But you wouldn't have just four hub cities set up. Uh, but here's where that is potentially an issue. Unlike Major League Baseball, which has one Canadian team, and as we know, Steve, that... That Canadian team was not allowed to host other teams. We have seven Canadian teams in the National Hockey League, and the idea of the Canadian government allowing the other 24 teams to just kind of come up here, you know, nonstop, is probably not realistic, which is why there's been talk of, of realigning the divisions and creating, for one year only, uh, an all-Canadian division where the Canadian teams would see a heavy dose of each other up here in Canada, which wouldn't be an issue, obviously, traveling within the country. The American teams would obviously largely just play each other as well. So, you know, Canadian teams would go into the U.S., yes, but you wouldn't see a lot of American teams coming up here. Um, and just quickly, I mean, the other thing that is being talked about is how they start won't be how they finish. So it would not be set in stone that the whole season would work this way. The The hope would be that if you started something like a hybrid system like what MLB has done without fans, that eventually you'd be able to move to what the NFL has done in some markets, which is limited fans and maybe eventually move to you know all kinds of fans. But you're right, Steve, there's not going to be a, a bubble... Uh, the players won't go for it, and, and I dare say the league doesn't want it either. This cost the NHL over a million dollars a day for these 24 teams that ultimately got reduced. And without fans, like, there's no revenue coming in other than your broadcasting agreements. So it wouldn't make financial sense in my eyes either for the league to have a bubble for a whole season. One other thing that I found really fascinating uh, from Fair's comments on Sunday 
and you know, let's let's presume that there won't be fans in the stands. There's only four NFL teams, by the way, having fans in their stands at this time. That might change. I I wouldn't bet on that. Um, and then MLB is also thinking that maybe they might have some fans in our world, right? Whatever, but. But let, let's let's presume that there are no fans, or at best, limited number of fans in these NHL game NHL rinks going forward. Um, the the revenue that the league is getting is going to be significantly less, probably fifty percent less. And Fair actually said that that the players would likely have to take a significant shave in salaries. And right. they might not like it. They might not, they might grumble about it. But um, could we possibly see players playing for half of what they're playing for right the, the, last year? Absolutely, we could. But I think if that happens, Steve, you're not going to see an 82 game schedule. Despite what Gary Bettman, you know, said a week ago, is still the plan. There's no way if you're not having fans. You're not going to play an 82-game schedule. That's way too long without revenue. And like you said, you're going to have to ask the players, not ask, you're going to have to demand the players uh, take a, a cut, not unlike what we saw in MLB. Basically prorated, right, the number of games. Um, but, I mean, what choice are the players going to have? What's the alternative to that? Making 0% of their salary because there's no season? Like, that's the reality they're likely going to face. All right, we're back for the third period of our uh, Jet Centra podcast, folks. Um, that's the Centra part where we get away from the Jets, although we haven't talked about the Jets at all really well, hypothetically them playing next season. But uh, let's, let's shift gears. It's Tuesday, September the 29th, Mike, and um, there will be baseball playoffs. They're on right now, as a matter of fact, but at 4 o'clock this afternoon, 4 o'clock Central, the Jays play the Tampa Bay Rays uh, in Game 1 of their wildcard series. Now, this is how it's working, is that uh, all these teams, uh, there's going to be um, eight wildcard series played, two out of three, and then they'll move to the ALDS after that, which will be best of seven. Um the Jays are starting Matt Shoemaker today. Lots of controversy over that. The Jays have an ace in Ryu, and they have a kind of a second ace, second ace in Walker. But they're sending Shoemaker, who's a really good pitcher when he's healthy, mind you, right to the mound this afternoon because uh, the manager uh, Charlie Montoya. I'm glad I got that name right. <laughs> Because the numbers suggest putting the ace in the middle of a three-game series. So the Jays have been very creative in their uh, pitching this year, uh, which got out And um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for him. Lots of opportunity for second-guessing. Um, but, you know, I mean, the Jays can pitch okay. Their, their bullpen is pretty good. But, man, oh, man, Mike, this is a young team that just hits the ball. Uh, like, they, they can score a lot of runs. So... Um, maybe they'll win 10-8 this afternoon. Who knows? Yeah, although scoring, I mean, they're facing Blake Snell, who's a hell of a pitcher for the uh, average for the last. Yeah, reputation, that guy. In one good year, 
What? He did. He what gives up a lot of... Um, actually, both uh, Snell and Tyler Glasnow, who's going to pitch tomorrow, are prone to giving up the home run, and the Blue Jays hit a lot of home runs. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's a compelling matchup for sure. Let me say this, Steve. I am positively giddy about baseball playoffs, and the timing could not be better. Yeah, I leave, perfect. I leave the NHL playoffs, which of course ended last night, and I have now this two-day drive home from Edmonton. I'm, I'm going to Regina today, and then I'm going to do the rest tomorrow. Uh, I bought the MLB, I think I've mentioned this before, I bought the MLB audio package this year, <clears throat> which I have not regretted for one second, not just listening to Jay's games, but I tune in when I go for my daily walks. I'll put on a baseball game in any market. I love being able to listen to some of the different announcers in different markets. Did you know Bob Bob Euchre, by the way, is still calling baseball games in Milwaukee? He's like yeah, 90 yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah. Well, Vince Scully was doing it in his 90s, right? Yeah, That's true. Uh, so, yeah, when we're done taping this podcast, I will be firing up my MLB audio and just channel surfing so there's going to be four games today, all the uh, American League. Tomorrow, though, Steve, eight playoff games. You got the, the games wow. two from the American League, and then the four National League games. There's like a game every hour starting tomorrow. It is uh, baseball palooza. Um, and yeah, just. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of fall ball for sure. And um, um, I had um, disconnected my Sportsnet live stream app once the Jets were eliminated back on August the 6th. Um, I reconnected it, uh, resubscribed. It's 20 bucks a month for Sportsnet, by the way, folks, if you're interested. Um, last week, so that I could watch, well, I, some of the hockey, but right. of course, but to watch the baseball um, so that I can uh, watch baseball. We'll see a little bit over the next... Um, couple of weeks and uh, it, it, some of it will depend on how the Jays do I'm going to watch the Jays this afternoon at 4 um, a little bit I hope the boss isn't listening I told him I had to work <laughs> I told him now, I had to work from home today because I had a meeting this morning and the podcast and I might as well just stay home this afternoon yeah yeah. Sure. lots of people stay home to watch baseball for sure <laughs> isn't um, you, you mentioned the sports net broadcast isn't Dan Schulman terrific I mean he's I think he's one of the best baseball announcers and we're kind of lucky as Jays fans to be able to listen to him that he does Jays games now full time. I think he's one of the best in the game. He won't be doing the playoff games though. He's off to ESPN to do uh, ESPN radio. Um, so it'll be Buck and, Buck and Pat, I guess. Yeah, Buck's, Buck's a little, I love the Blue Jays. Buck's a little too much of a homer though from my leg. Yeah, Pat Talbert too. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. For that matter, yeah, all of them are kind of like. Uh, listen, they, you know they're owned by Sportsnet, right? Right, Rogers Media, they, they, they own yeah. the team. That so, um, uh, I, I'm not sure how the Jays will do. It's interesting that they're in. Um, they can't hit the ball, and they've got some pitchers. So, I mean, the thing about a three-game series in baseball is that anybody can win a three-game series. So, oh. yeah, I mean, even though it's a, it, it's a roll of the dice or a flip of the coin for sure. What's really interesting to me, and I won't belabor this, but you brought it up about the the pitching decision. Baseball, Steve, is 
now being run by computers. Yeah. So, so many teams, and the Jays are one of them. I've read quite a bit on this. The whole analytics, like baseball teams have these massive analytics departments, and I think it was Oakland that started it, right? The whole Moneyball, which was a great book and a great movie. I don't know if you've seen it and read it. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, loved it. Uh, but that, what Oakland did with Moneyball, like that got the trend going. And so honestly, like, I don't really get the pitching decision either. You have, like you said, the $80 million ace who's, who's on full rest. Why wouldn't he pitch game one? But I can guarantee you a computer algorithm spit out this this pitching order. And so that's what they're going to do. It's it's almost surreal, but that's the way baseball is, is managed these days. You know, although baseball, uh, stats-wise, has always been far more complex, in-depth, and advanced than any other sport, and really... Uh, baseball has always gone by the numbers, whether it's left right, right matchups, um, et cetera, et cetera, you know, even fielding, you know, they, then they started it with the shifts and all that. Around. So baseball right. is a really, really stats oriented game. I don't, I like it part of that. I've always liked that to a certain degree about baseball. And so it's not overly surprising to me, Mike, that the analytics of baseball have gone to the nth degree and that they're being embraced by that sport far more in depth and in advance, pardon the pun, of other of other leagues. Do you know what I mean? And so, um, because it's all matchups in in, in baseball, it, it always has been. And so, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, Ryu gets an extra day of rest. Apparently, he's much better with that extra day. Yeah. And, and I guess if they are able to get away with a win out of game one somehow, uh, then, you know, you have your ace going to game two, then it's all going to look really, really smart. So, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. And, of course, if it doesn't work out, Steve, don't blame the manager, just blame the computer. Okay, folks, we're back to the overtime session of our um, Jet Center podcast. I thought I forgot where I was there for a second. I'm watching this lady out here. She's raking the leaves, and man, there's a lot of leaves. They've all fallen. The weather has really turned here, Mike. It's gotten um, cold. Um, somebody flipped the switch on fall. Over <laughs> um, I had plans um, to go camping this weekend. I'm going to be turning 60 on Saturday, Mike. Oh my goodness. Yeah, 60 years old. I'm jacked, by the way. Um, who would have thought I'd made it that far? Um, wow. I Really, I'm absolutely amazed. People sometimes ask me, like, wow, are you, that sucks to be getting old. And I go, no, wow. Like, are you kidding me? Like, holy mackerel. Like, I'm just amazed. So I was going to, originally, I had big plans, right? You know, you're going to do something really exciting for your right. 60th birthday. But, you know, travel's a little limited right now. So then I made some arrangements for a travel trailer. I was going to go to Riding Mountain for the weekend. But the forecast is like high of six and that kind of thing for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I've canceled those plans. And now I have no plans other than I think I'm going to get a big cake from Lilac Bakery and eat that on Saturday. Um, but, um, yeah, it's going to happen. Are you going to have are you going to have two ice creams on Saturday? I bet you are. Uh, I don't know. I, I, 
my eyes on the road and look forward to getting home. All right, stay safe, folks. Mask up.